Liz Tahura, good to see you again. Good morning, Jay. If it's Wednesday, we are talking insights. And last week, we, uh, you shared your, four, your cannabis market updated forecast for 2020 and beyond. Uh, we did a deeper dive into the U.S. Uh, and the rest of the world. Today, we're going to look at Canada. Am I right? That is exactly right. Well, every, well, my kids are back <laughs> in school. Lots of kids going back to school. We are after Labor Day. It's time to get serious about 2020 and beyond. So do you want to get to it? Let's do it. I like that it says post-COVID. Yes. Sounds, <laughs> sounds, like pres- sounds like President Trump, actually, but um, I know what you mean. <laughs> Uh, yes, absolutely. So we, we, we are hopeful that we will eventually be in a post-COVID world, uh, but this is a post-implementation of COVID forecast. Uh, and just as a really quick update for those of you who were with us last week, uh, our BDSA market forecasts are global forecasts uh, that break down within the U.S. by state and within Canada by province. Uh, They have a five-year horizon. Uh, We do update these twice annually, so uh, this is actually a scheduled update, um, although it's a very, very important update, um, and frankly, one of the uh, more comprehensive updates uh, that that we have done, frankly, not just here in BDSA, but but maybe ever, um, in terms of rescoping and um, reassessing the, the market landscape um, not just in Canada, but of course in the U.S. Uh, and globally as well. Uh, COVID certainly did play a huge, huge role um, in our, our forecast updates, but some other shifts in, in geopolitical and, and macroeconomic changes as well. Uh, so we will, we will dive into some of those um, and looking at, as you mentioned, specifically Canada today. Uh, for anybody who's interested in getting your hands on these models um, and the, the forecasts themselves, um, certainly do reach out to us. We're happy to talk to you about getting a subscription um, to this information. Uh, we're going to be talking about the regulated market today. So that is the sales through cannabis retail or dispensaries in the U.S., Um, as well as the legal medical channel. Um, We do also cover CBD sold through non-regulated, what we call non-regulated channels, um, hemp CBD products primarily, uh, through our CBD market forecasts, which give you a comprehensive look at all CBD sales across both the regulated channel and also those unregulated. Uh, We have that available for the US, Canada, and the UK today continuing to add additional categories and additional countries to that forecast, um, as well as our uh, sort of core regulated channel forecast. Uh, Speaking of categories, another big announcement uh, that we are very excited about and will continue to tout is we are now with this update, uh, breaking out our market sizing and forecast by 10 different product categories in addition to that top line, top level number. Um, So really excited to be able to dig in, um, not just for the current sales, but also forecasting and looking out um, ahead the next few years, what's going to be happening by a product form, uh, by a product form and also uh, within the, the various major categories to be able to really understand how Things are changing with, uh, with product preference and, and also, of course, the product sales. 
All right, so quick refresh again for those of you who were with us last week. Um, our global regulated sales are on track to hit 20 billion by 2020, grow by 2025 to about 47 billion. Um, so pretty, uh, pretty strong growth and uh, even through COVID and all of the disruptions in 2020, the good news here is that we're seeing a, a minimal shift in impacts to the top line numbers for, um, for the entire global cannabis uh, market sizing. So about less than 5% shift there, uh, but we are seeing some interesting shifts beneath the surface, country by country, state by state. And we talked about the US last week, uh, focusing on both underperforming and some overperforming markets there. Um, Bottom line, US and Canada continue to drive the sales in the cannabis market. That is not going to change uh, over the next few years uh, by a significant amount. Um, so we'll continue to see, uh, to see that overwhelming impact and overwhelming importance of those two markets. All right, so let's talk about Canada. So we did adjust our sales in Canada down just slightly uh, from 2.8 billion to 2.5 billion for 2020. Um, and we see that adjustment, that slight revision carry out over the next few years um, with 2025 forecasted to hit about 6.1, almost 6.2 billion. Um, and that again is down just, a, just slightly from about 6.4 billion um, that we had in our April forecast. Um, that compound annual growth rate still from 2019 to 25 still around 26%. So I'm still forecasting extremely strong growth and, uh, and a really an overall very positive story for the Canadian market. Um, just like in the US, we have seen very, very strong customer demand and strong sales throughout COVID. Uh, so we'll take a, a look down memory lane to, to look at some of those uh, consumer impacts here in just a couple minutes. Um, but I just want to call out a couple of the factors that we looked at when uh, revising these numbers. So, you know, Cannabis 2.0 did launch in uh, 2020. It is doing well, uh, continues to gain momentum, and there's a lot of growth potential um, hitting in 2021 as the LPs continue to refine their product offerings. Um, and retailers and LPs continue to work together to optimize product mix, inventory levels, and the shopper experience. Um, so we, we do expect to see those sales momentums continue to grow um, and, and perhaps see a, a bigger impact in 2021. Um, another factor, of course, and, and one of the bigger factors in the, um, the actual decline of the, the overall uh, forecast, which again is a very slight decline. Um, so I'm not wanting to put too, too negative of a spin on this, um, but we did see a slower rollout of retail footprint, uh, particularly in Ontario for the first half of 2020. And that did impact the growth potential for the Ontario market. Um, now, in the shorter term, we have seen an increase in that retail footprint and some I'll great say. news that we've heard recently um, <laughs> that that footprint is going to expand, um, you know, much more rapidly over the back half of 2020. So again, we'll be watching these numbers pretty closely. Um, and as I mentioned last week, Jay, while our set schedule for adjusting our forecast is every six months, 
Um, we will review and revise if, if and when needed for, uh, for seriously impacting events. Usually that's around a shift in legalization or, or something a little bit more extreme or more sudden. Um, but we'll be paying attention to this, uh, this increase in, in retail footprint. And my guess is this is going to be a bigger impact on 2021 uh, than the back half of 2020 as these, these stores get online and get ramped up in the last few months of the year. Uh, but certainly excited to see what that brings for the province of Ontario, um, as we do forecast Ontario to be the, uh, the, the largest market in Canada. Uh, we did see record sales in uh, across across the country in Canada uh, in the spring of of 2020, and again, a lot of that was fueled by COVID. Um, but we also saw some negative impacts from COVID. Again, not to pick on Ontario, um, <laughs> uh, but specifically some some uh, regulatory challenges within uh, within Ontario due to COVID, um, which again we do think slowed down some of that growth potential. Um, even though it was um, a very strong several months, um, could have been um, even stronger had some of those uh, challenges not been put in the, um, in the way of, of some of that organic growth. Amen. Another kind of important component of the declines, and we'll take a look at this with another slide here in a minute, um, is actually the medical channel. So registered patients and medical cannabis spending declined pretty significantly um, in Q4 2019 and Q1 2020. And um, a decent amount of our adjustment with our models is actually due to the, uh, the medical forecast being adjusted downwards. Um, and this was pretty interesting for us in the US we see, and we talked about this a little bit last week, um, in the US we typically see state by state a trend of the medical market declining and then stabilizing out as adult use comes online. Um, there was some debate internally amongst our, um, as I think you called it, JR Army of analysts um, in the war room uh, over the past few years about the long-term impacts of the Canadian medical market as we've never seen um, impacts of a medical market with uh, federal legalization as opposed to uh, state by state or sort of um, individual legalization markets. So uh, what we are seeing is that that, mark, that, it, that medical market is declining faster than we expected um, and we have adjusted that down and we have kept that adjustment down through uh, the next few years. So, so that is Part of what you're seeing here in this decline in the numbers. Yeah, and um, I want and I want guys guys ask those because there is a major difference. Obviously, as you know, the way medical patients in Canada get their cannabis is through the mail, through an LP. You got to go to a doctor. All those things. Where in the U.S., some of those states actually have medical dispensaries, and so the and so the, the access and the um, and just the ease of getting it is easier at a retail store in Canada than it is through through the medical program. Absolutely. And I, I do think that exacerbates the challenge uh, for Canada in particular. Um, now, interestingly enough, through COVID, um, you know, we did see a resurgence in the desire for um, alternate methods of product delivery, whether it be online, um, call-in. Um, but the, the end of the the end of the story that we've seen in the US and, and I believe we'll see in Canada as well is so far uh, very few of these medical markets have created a compelling enough reason 
to bypass the adult use channel to get what is essentially the same product in a more convenient uh, in a more convenient way. So in the U.S., you know, you're bypassing the need for um, being being registered federally. There are certainly some some folks out there who are concerned about that. Uh, there is um, a number of other inconveniences that are associated, additional costs, getting your doctor recommendation, um, et cetera, et cetera, that go into um, registering as a medical patient. Um, that can be a barrier to entry when the payoff is not not necessarily high enough to offset that inconvenience. Um, and, I, and I think we're seeing that play out in Canada as well. Just a quick reminder, as we're talking about the, uh, the positive impacts uh, from 2020 so far this year, um, and we talked about this, I think way back in, um, in April or May, Jay, uh, but, but we'll, worth revisiting. Uh, that when we talk about these shifts and, and where, where sales have moved around, this is, and this is where I think the, the real positive story um, continues to sit for Canada. These are not consumer desire or consumer, um, you know, c- consumer shopping issues. These are a more regulatory challenges, and those are challenges that, um, you know, we are working, working to, to rectify. Uh, so when we, even when we're looking through COVID, uh, shopping behavior did not change much, um, and for those where it did change, it was more likely to change in the favor of shopping more frequently um, than less frequency, in um, similar to consumption. Um, so we did see um, really positive consumer trends there uh, for those consumption numbers. And then this sort of flipping us back around to, to look at that medical uh, market and those medical numbers. So kind of illustrating what you were saying, Jay, and you can see how that number, um, that percentage remains quite low um, in Canada. You compare that to the US that we looked at last week, uh, where all the way through 2025, we're still seeing the medical market account for about 30% of the entire US market. Um, And of course, a large part of that, uh, that factor there is the states that are medical only as we do not yet have the benefit of the, uh, the full federal legalization. Uh, but within the states that, uh, that do have adult use programs, they tend to behave more like what we're seeing here in Canada. Mm-hmm. We'll leave you with yet another uh, sort of positive note on the future here. When we talk about the percentage of adults of legal age who are currently cannabis consumers, um, you know, you've seen these numbers before. We've talked about them often, uh, but in the high 30s, in um, in all three of the sort of biggest cannabis markets, um, and very much in line with what we see within the U.S. and Colorado, of course, are sort of our high water mark that we often talk about. Uh, in Oregon, you'll see numbers in the upper 40s or mid to upper 40s. Uh, excuse me, mid mid 40s in Oregon, and and about 42 percent in Colorado. Um, but continuing to increase every six months. So in addition to updating our forecasts, of course, we update our consumer insights work um, every six months. So uh, watching these uh, addressable populations continue to grow as cannabis becomes more and more mainstream um, just means that the opportunity continues to increase um, for those markets, not just in Canada, uh, of course, through the rest of the world as well. Keeping us with, again, an overall 
very, very positive outlook for the industry. Um, again, lots, uh, lots of turmoil and lots going on beneath the surface for those, for those numbers, markets who are certainly overperforming, markets who are underperforming, uh, but seeing a lot to be excited about as we look at the back half of 2020 and into 2021. Yeah. And we talked about it last week. It's the, um, you just mentioned at the end, the, the, the um, there's a lot that goes into the upward trend, right? There's a lot of uh, dominoes to fall uh, and regulations to improve or get better or be put in place. But the trend is certainly positive and, and it is interesting. And I'll go back to the slide that you uh, talked about the medical program in Canada versus um, versus the overall sales and 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 as you said like major changes will will cause everybody to look at those numbers again for example if if pharmacies would be allowed to actually distribute medical cannabis would be i don't know if that would be a game changer but it would be really interesting to sort of see the impact of that or consider the impact of that especially with shoppers drug mart in canada actively involved Absolutely. in medical cannabis um but it is also interesting to sort of reflect on this week and last week and uh especially sort of the the Canada and, and California sort of comparisons and sort of what numbers go into all of those things and the impacts in California, impacts in Canada. But in general, the trends are going the right way, obviously, and, and that's always exciting to see, but it, it implores or demands that companies in the space, exactly what the slide says, eliminate the uncertainty. A hundred percent. And uh, we will revisit these numbers when we have the category level forecast ready for Canada. So stay tuned for that. And I'm really excited to be able to dive in. Uh, within the U.S., we have enough history within the regulated markets that we've been tracking that um, most of the numbers that I saw within the category shifts were, were not much of a surprise, uh, but I'm really excited to dig in and see what comes out or what shakes out for Canada um, and how that's different or, or very similar to the U.S. Um, you know, there's a, a couple of categories in particular. Of course, we always talk about beverages um, in Canada and keeping a very close eye on those. I think the vape category in Canada is also very interesting. Um, to see how it plays out and, and how that's going to compare or contrast to the U.S. market. So yeah. certainly more insights to come. Well, more insights to come. I've, I've become a, a data nerd and an insights uh, fanatic. So I appreciate you selling me on all these things because I, uh, I'm really, I just find it fascinating. And as I say, almost every week, I, I end up repeating what you've said this week, all week until we get to the next one when I can start uh, lifting BDSA insights and data again. So I, I, I appreciate the time and we'll connect with you next week. Thanks, Liz. All right, thanks, Jay.